and hear the words from Scripture from the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 24, starting at verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and, wait, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. morning. Uh, thank you, Pastor Jerry, for reading um, that length of scripture. Uh, at the end of 2020, um, along with everybody else, I was really looking forward to the new year. 
Um, and as I was anticipating this new year, I was watching TV one night, and this commercial came on. Maybe some of you have seen it. Um, it showed people wearing masks. Uh, they were distancing. There were shops limiting capacity. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, it was a, an American Express small business commercial. And it was all to the backdrop of, um, how do you pronounce it, Auld Lang Syne, okay, the, the typical, the New Year's song, right? And there was this scene that, um, this particular moment that happened where there was a man who went to the back, um, sat on a chair, and he removed his mask, and he took a breath. And I honestly began to bawl. I, this commercial just seemed to encapsulate the year that we had been enduring. And there was this pause, this relief that was being conveyed. And we've all faced this period of discouragement after discouragement. We've suffered loss. We've suffered grief, change, instability. We've physically suffered been overwhelmed, frustrated, scared, and we need that pause. We need that relief, that breath of hope. And we see this in our text this morning. Imagine hearing or witnessing the pain, suffering, and mockery that the Savior has gone through. You believe all of his teachings. You want to see that they continue to be true, and you're anxiously anticipating as it is the third day since he was buried. And then you hear this discouraging news about the tomb that he's missing. Then you have to rehash it, this discouraging news, to who, someone who appears to be a stranger. And it's just this discouragement after discouragement. Yet as we read on, we see that Christ himself declares how he has fulfilled the prophecies and that we have hope because he is indeed risen. And because of this truth, we can experience a breath of hope. But what exactly does this hope look like in the midst of constant discouragement? Christ's resurrection reminds us that hope, the hope that he provides, is unchanging. And it must not be forgotten no matter the circumstance. And we see this so clearly in our text this morning. Two of the disciples were on their way from Jerusalem to Emmaus. They were discussing everything that had happened when the very one that they had been speaking of draws near to them. And verse 17 tells us that their eyes uh, were kept from recognizing him. And Jesus then asks them what they were discussing. And they stop. They stand there still and they're looking sad. They say this, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. They had hoped Notice it's spoken in a past tense as to imply that this hope is no longer, thus they're being sad. And it's been three days, and there seems to be nothing that has happened other than the tomb now being empty. 
and the disciples appear to no longer be sure in this hope. For us, how often do we miss Jesus as he's there with us? When things do not happen in the manner that we desire them to happen, or when we experience great pain and sorrow, when the world continuously appears to be dark and hopeless, we wonder why the Lord has not intervened or has not yet come back. And we miss Jesus as he's there with us. We may be like these disciples as they traveled on the road. We're talking, complaining, grumbling, we're speculating, all while forgetting the things that the Lord has already done. And at this point of the larger story, they do not know that Christ has indeed risen, but we do. We know that he has already risen, and yet we can still be so quick to discount the truth of the resurrection because of what we see right in front of us. We forget that our perspective is not the same as God's perspective. So when things don't make sense, like his body missing from the tomb, we immediately question or ignore his faithfulness. How often do we miss Jesus? And just as we notice from this text, when we do lose sight of Christ and the hope he provides, it's so important that we turn to scripture and we turn to the church. The disciples proceed to explain to Jesus, starting at verse 22, Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. But him they did not see. So the disciples here, they're explaining two accounts that they have heard. One is that Christ is alive and that he has risen, and another that his body was not there, he was not seen. Based off of their saddened expression and how Jesus reacts, we can gather which account they were believing in that moment. What we listen to matters, and it can skew our, our hope that we have. And so I ask, how quick are we to be riddled with fear and anxiety because of what the news cycle chooses to convey? How quick does our hopefulness change into hopelessness because of the media or the biases of our friends? Jesus proceeds to rebuke these two disciples, saying, O oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And Jesus then begins to, he proceeds to teach the scriptures and the prophecies, showing that all of them from the beginning have been pointing to him. Have we forgotten Christ's faithfulness, the hope that he gives us? Understandably, we may feel downtrodden, weak, but Jesus reminds here of his faithfulness. He conquered sin and death. He has proven faithful to those that have gone before us. So why would he stop keeping his promises now? What is our hope built on? Is it just the feelings? Is it just the opinions of others? 
And notice Jesus didn't say, oh, foolish ones, look, it's me, and reveal himself to them. Rather, he pointed them to scripture. Is our hope built on the evidence of scripture, the evidence in how Jesus has worked in our lives and the lives of those in the church before us? Something else we should recognize from this text is that sometimes those in our family, uh, trusted friends, or even those in the church, when not grounded in scripture, they may even skew our hopefulness into hopelessness. And again, Jesus reminds us that we must be grounded in his word. That being said, from this text, we can also recognize the importance of walking with others in the capital C church. That as we seek God's word together, we pray together, we serve together, we travel on this journey of life together, as the disciples showed us, we can remind one another of the hope we have in Jesus. And continuing in Luke 24, Jesus went to stay with these disciples. He broke bread with them, and after blessing it, their eyes were then opened. They recognized the stranger they were talking with, learning from, and eating with was none other than Christ himself. Then he vanished. At the end of the chapter, Jesus would appear to the eleven. But before this, these two disciples quickly went back seven miles to Jerusalem so that they could tell the eleven what had happened. What can we learn from this? What then does clinging to the hope in Christ look like in the midst of constant discouragement? The two disciples that we've been journeying with this morning, they show us that something to help us cling to this hope that we have is to go and share it. They just felt this burning in their hearts. They witnessed with their own eyes that the Savior is indeed alive, so they went. They shared, the Lord has risen indeed. And recall that earlier in the text, too, they talked about how the women who learned of the news immediately went and shared that with others as well. Can we offer this breath of hope to others? Can we run back to our communities, our school, our work, our family, our friends? Can we share this good news that the Lord is indeed risen? Christ followers, with opened eyes, let us read scripture regularly to remind us when we are down. Let us spread the gospel to those around us that are also in need of a breath of hope and relief. Because we know, I don't have to say it, but I will, that life is exhausting. We are pushed to our limits. We are shrouded with fear and the, of the unknown. But the one thing that we can cling to is hope in Christ and the truth of his resurrection. This is why we celebrate. This is why we gather regular, regularly, and even in this cold morning, we gather. This is the good news that we are to go and share with the world. And for those of you that may be here this morning, but you're still feeling some sort of doubt, you're feeling unsure, you may be in such a desperate need of saving from the sin and darkness. The truth is that Jesus Christ, who is God, he came to this earth in a humble form of a baby. Fully God, fully man, he walked this earth living a sinless, perfect life. And he took our place on the cross and died. The punishment needed for us to be redeemed and reconciled with God. 
he took our place and was buried. But what we continue to celebrate is that he rose again, that he did not stay dead, so that we can have eternal life with him forever. And we don't have to do anything. There's nothing that we can do to earn this saving grace. Rather, we receive this free gift of salvation. We confess our sins and repent, turning away from them and turning to Christ, declaring him as Lord and asking him to be Lord of our lives. This need for a breath of hope has been around even before the pandemic. And Christ's resurrection reminds us that the hope he offers us is unchanging and must not be forgotten no matter the circumstance. Even as we ache, he is with us. Even when we cannot clearly see the other side of hardship, Christ promises us a day without any pain, without any suffering, without any mourning, without any death. We can believe that this promise will come true. We can trust him in this because he has fulfilled so many promises before. He has fulfilled the prophecies in scripture and has risen indeed. Hope is not just a feeling, but hope is an expectation of something that will certainly happen. Even as things begin to resemble what we knew before March 2020, we will be faced with the temptation to doubt if Jesus really meant what he said. But church, as we celebrate this breath of hope, may we be challenged to breathe this hope daily and share the greatest news with those around us. That no matter what we face, no matter what we feel, we cling to the truth that Christ has won the battle. He is a promise keeper, prophecy fulfiller, and a miracle worker. And we can have unwavering, constant hope, no matter what comes, because Christ is risen. Church, he is risen indeed. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we are so thankful. We are so grateful for who you are, that you are truly who you say you are. That you are the risen Savior. That you came to this earth and died for us, Lord. That you desire us, you choose us, you love us. And you call us to join you in what you're doing in this world. And God, as we hear your word, as we continue to celebrate today and every day, may we not get stuck, may we not get uh, lost in the darkness that we do see, but be reminded of your hope and go and run out into the world and shout your good news to those that we encounter. Lord, would you continue to give us courage, boldness, and bravery that you are with us and no matter what we face, we can still declare that you are good, you are great and awesome, and that you never change, Lord. You love us and you love this world. God, we ask for your Holy Spirit to continue to burn in us, work through us, and make yourself known more and more to us and to those that we speak with each and every day. We pray that this whole time is glorifying and honoring to your name. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.